Welcome into the second summer edition of the Redbird Report. I'm Mike Mara, sports editor at the Vidette, joined by my co-editor Nate Head. And Nate, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a new volleyball coach on campus. We have some football predictions with football season quickly approaching. We've got baseball, but not Redbird baseball. We've got Redbird alums playing in the major leagues. And we've got a Dan Muller update. Dan Muller was practicing and helping out with Team USA and so we'll hit on some Dan Muller, but first, we've got a new face at the helm of Redbird Volleyball, Leah Johnson. And Nate, what do you think of the hire? Well, the first thing I take away from the hire is that the athletic director at ISU, Larry Lyons, must have uh, really seen something he liked in Leah Johnson to make a hire within 20 days after the resignation of former coach Melissa Myers. Uh, I watched the press conference, and you know Johnson seems like she's very uh, charismatic and personable. So I think that's definitely something that's going to help her, um, you know, communicate with her new team. And you know she has a pretty impressive uh, volleyball coaching experience. I, I think she's um, been the assistant coach at Missouri State, where she also played, and most recently she was the head coach at SIUE. So all in all, I think it's a good hire for the volleyball team who was, you know, they were okay. They were 17-15 and 15 last season, and uh, I, I think better things are on the horizon for them for sure. Yeah, I think she's taken over a good program. I mean, Melissa Myers didn't leave the program in shambles or anything. I mean, 17-15, and 15, you're two games above 500. Uh, you know, it, it's not great, but it's not bad. you got a lot of talent coming back. you got Lexi Wallen, Jalen Keene. You know, they're all coming back, so it's not like she has to go out and recruit all these new girls. She's just got to bring in, you know, a normal class that, you know, any coach has to do um, when you have some some teammates and players graduating. But, you know, I think it is a good hire. I have to agree with you. Larry Lyons and staff, I mean, hats off to them. I mean, they had a pretty quick search. I mean, Melissa Myers resigned, you know, kind of out of the blue, at least on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. It comes out of the blue. And so I think that's a good hire with – you know, given the time frame and the time scenario with volleyball and the fall sports, really just exactly. you know just under two months away or just over two months away, however you want to look at it. And so, I mean, you got to give them credit here for going out and getting Leah Johnson. And you know, she comes from SIUE, one hundred two and one hundred six is her career record. So, I mean, she's a bit under five hundred, four games under five hundred to be exact. And you know, I, I don't look at it and say that it's a bad hire because of what her career record is. I mean, watching her press conference and hearing her speak, I mean, she's got a good head on her shoulders. Right. She knows where you know where she wants to go with this program. She's got a vision for it. It seems like all the girls have bought in. Mm-hmm. I know she said that she sat down and talked with the team, and they were like, you know, let's look toward the future. That's exactly what Johnson wants to do. And I, it's going to be interesting to see if there's kind of like a, a growing – period with this team because my uh excuse me Johnson did say that you know they're going to focus on what they're good at at the beginning is they're going to go out and they're going to do what they're good at and focus on those things mm-hmm. and then take a step back look at themselves and then you know kind of figure out hey here's what we need to get better at so not that that's a bad situation but it does kind of seem like a new coach new regime type mentality but you know mm-hmm. all in all I think it is a good hire because again they didn't have much time to go out and find a coach with fall sports coming up right around the corner but you know we will see how it turns out volleyball like we said is coming up and just at the end of august i believe august 25th they go out to baylor to play in a uh, baylor's uh, baylor is hosting a tournament so i believe that is where they're heading out to first and you know the other thing that larry Lyons mentioned when she when they announced 
the hiring of Leah Johnson was that he believes that she's going to be the person that gets them to many postseason opportunities, win some Valley tournaments, and that's what's really most, most interesting is that ISU is hosting the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament at the end of November, November 23rd through the 25th. It's at Redbird Arena. I mean, what better statement you can make as a new head coach than going out winning the Valley on your home floor? Well, right, and she'll be competing against uh, you know her alum and former you know coaching experience at Missouri State. So definitely, you know, I'm sure she didn't leave on bad terms, but I you know I, I bet she'd like to you know show them what she's capable of at the uh, you know at the helm of the team. So that'll be really interesting to see um, those two teams square off and you know just kind of see how the conference shakes out. And that's the other thing that Johnson mentioned in her press conference was. She played in the Valley, so she knows how deep this league is. She mm-hmm. knows what it takes to win in this league. And so that's one of the things that she said she's going to be able to transition as a coach back in the Valley is, hey, this is what we have to do. This is how we have to win. And when you look at her coaching resume, she's been around the block. She's been around volleyball now for practically her whole right. life. And so, you know, I think it's a good fit. I think they went out and they, again, given the time frame that they had, I think they did hire the right candidate but moving forward another fall sport that is right around the corner is isu football six and six last year a first round loss in the fcs playoffs to central arkansas after they barely squeaked in and now we head to the 2017 season and nate i know we have predictions coming out in our survival guide for the vedette but why don't you tell the people your prediction for the 2017 redbird squad Okay, so my prediction for the 2017 Redbirds is, you know, highly optimistic. Um, I definitely see them returning to the level of play that they um, achieved in 2015, where they were 10 and three overall, and you know, just narrowly missed a uh, national title. Uh, just fell short in the championship game. Uh, so this year, you know, I, I see them at nine and two in the regular season. Uh, yes, I know that's a little steep, but I do have some reasoning behind that. Uh, starting with the quarterback Jake Colby you know last year was his first year as the quarterback in a D1 school so you know definitely there's some challenges there but you know he didn't play bad I mean if you look at his numbers across the board you know they were above average so I would imagine in the second season you know I chatted with him a couple weeks ago and he says you know he's been putting a lot of work in watching a lot of film you know, uh, doing some, you know, footwork drills. So I think, you know, he's, he had a good good freshman campaign, or not freshman, but good first year to build off, and I, and I think he'll do so. Um, another reason that I believe they will be 9-2 uh, and two is, is their defense is going to be strong. Uh, they were good last year, and I believe they're returning, I, I want to say, six out of their top ten uh, leading tacklers from last season. So obviously that's a plus. And then you add in... Um, you know, a dynamic running back core that it looks like Brock's back is going to feature this year with James Robinson and uh, a few newcomers to the team. So, you know, we talked to him after the spring uh, spring showcase and almost sounded like he's going to, you know, have a, a backfield unit, you know, consisting of, of three or four guys per game. So uh, that'll be definitely interesting to, you know, see how those guys can keep the defenses on their toes. Yeah, and I, I kind of... I went the same way. I went optimistic. I have them sitting at 8-3 and three with a regular season finish, and I don't see there being a problem with this football team up until October 14th, which is what I what I believe to be their first true test, which is at Southern Illinois. Okay. Like I said, October 14th, that is. But, I mean, when you look at that back half of the schedule, Youngstown State, the FCS runner from a year ago, 
Western Illinois, at South Dakota State, and then you host North Dakota State. I just I think they'll you know they'll get through the first half of the season undefeated right up until Southern Illinois. I think they'll beat Southern Illinois. I think those losses are going to come at the back half of that season, and and that's just a that that is a four game gauntlet right there. I mean, sure Young, at Youngstown State, who beat ISU last year at Hancock Stadium, Western Illinois, who also you know, no, did did ISU pull that one out last year? I think they pulled that one out, but I mean. They're just going to be that pesky, mm-hmm. typical Western Illinois Levenek football team that doesn't go away very easily. And then you got two two teams that spend time practically every season in the top twenty five of the SES. And you, you, yeah. you know you travel to South Dakota State, and then you come home and you host North Dakota State on Senior Day. I mean, that to me is just a tough, tough, like I said, gauntlet of four games to end the season. But obviously, an eight and three record puts you in puts you in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And even if you do drop, say you drop three of those four, yeah, so you, know, you you sit at eight and three. Mm-hmm. If you happen to drop all four, you still sit at seven and four. That's good enough to get you into the playoffs. Yep. I mean, I think they got in the playoffs last year at, at six and five. At six and five. So I mean, I, I seven and four should be good enough. Right. It uh, should you be would good enough. Think so. So, you know, and the thing is, is Brock's back always seems always seems to find a way to get the job done. I mean, exactly. for whatever. I mean. You have the season after they go, they fall just a game short of a national title. You know, Trey Roberson's hurt for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they throw Colby in, they pull out a win. I mean, it, it, it just is its incredible what the guy has done. And you see why the Illinois State fans and the community and the university love the guy at the helm. I mean, he just gets it done. So I'm going 8-3, and three, another playoff appearance. I think they have a chance to go deep. Uh, and again, I think I'm being a little optimistic, but I think they have a chance to go deep and because like you said, the guy who's leading them is Jay Colby. This defense is going to be unbelievable. I mean, when you look at who's on the defensive line, I mean Dalton Keene, yep. that's that <laughs> enough there, but then you got practically you got Alec Coker in the back uh in the uh in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I mean, this defense is just going to be shining, and we've seen it at the spring showcase—a seven-nothing game. Exactly. I mean, so it wasn't like it was just one the first string, uh, the first string defense going out and shutting down the offense. I mean, it was the defense all around. So, I mean, I think this defense is going to really be the stronghold of this team, and is going to really carry them to a couple victories. But if that offense can get going, mm-hmm. I mean, Jake Colby has a plethora of weapons. I mean, all well, the run added Haddon, yeah, uh, that transfer. From Florida, and also uh, speaking of that defense, you know, it sounds from uh, what Spack was saying after the spring so, uh, showcase is that they're going to be really deep on the defensive unit. Um, sounds like they're definitely going to be rotating different guys in, and, and that, that depth is certainly not a problem on that end. And they're going to have a lot of fresh legs out there on, in certain downs. So it sounds like you know defense is going to be the strong suit of the team, but the offense uh, should be good enough to you know score enough to to, to win. You know, a lot of ball games. So, so there, there you have it. At the end of June, Nate Head's going yeah. nine and two. Book I'm it. going eight and three. Um, but I think we can agree either way that Redbird football is going to have a good season. But now we're going to continue moving on. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk some Redbird baseball, and we're going to talk about the Redbird alumni that are in the pros. And we're going to start off with I know as us being Cubs fans, this is going to yes. pain us to talk about this one. This one's really for John Plevka. Our manager here at the Vedette, but we're going to start with Paul DeYoung. I mean, a guy who really paid his dues 
through the minor league system of the Cardinals and now, you know, got his call up. Unfortunately, had it, you know, got called back down, but then two days later, I should say, excuse me, it was three days later, two games later, gets right. called back up. And, I mean, it really seems like he hasn't missed a beat. Right. Well, I believe he was drafted in, in 2015. So, you know, for him to make it up, you know, midway through, not even midway through the season here in 2017, uh, you know, really shows. You know the type of impact he's making on his coaches uh, at the minor league level and also the front uh, front office guys. So he's you know definitely took uh, advantage of some injuries at the big league level. I believe Colton Wong went down with uh, an injury, and I know the Cardinals are just kind of battling various uh, injuries across the board. So you know he steps into the role, uh, you know playing second base, hits a home run on his very first at bat, <laughs> and now all of a sudden it seems like he's a you know mainstay in the lineup. It looks like he's in there just about every night. Um, He's doing his thing. I mean, what can you say? He's on a five-game hit streak. Um, you know, he's hitting 286, very respectable in his first 84 bats at the show. So, you know, kudos to him. And, you know, he's definitely uh, making that Redbird baseball program proud of him. Yeah, and I have to agree. I mean, I think he's made I think he's made a name for himself very early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, when whenever you homer in your first... Exactly. <laughs> your first imagine. Yeah, your first major league at bat, I mean, you're getting... Tweets, you know, everyone's tweeting about you. You're on Sports Center, you're on MLB Network, you're on all those big shows, and nobody could have even heard of you exactly. before that day, but they do now because mm-hmm. you homered in your first uh, pro at bat. But you know, outside of that, I think he's really made a name for himself. I mean, like you said, he's hitting just about 280, yeah, and you know, five homers, 13 driven in. Um, the one thing I, that I'd like to see out of him is I'd like to see him cut back on his strikeouts. That's the one thing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't say has plagued him, but he has struck out a lot. Even even in Springfield at the AAA affiliate, he struck out a decent amount. He, you know, that's the one thing I like to see him cut back on. But when outside of that, I mean, for a guy who just gets called up, I mean, the the super cool thing that I that when he got called up that and that I thought about and I saw was he makes his major league debut, hits a homer. And then the next series that they come to is they travel to Chicago, and he gets mm. to play in front of Wrigley. He's not from Illinois, I believe he's from Florida. But is the he? thing is, is you know, you go to Illinois State, so you know that that alum, you know, that's a, I mean, Illinois State, that's that's a big alumni base, and mm-hmm. um, you know, to go to Wrigley Field and play, you know, in your in your, I shouldn't say home state, but where you went to college in that state, two hours from normal, mm-hmm. just about two hours, you know, give or take, depends on how fast you're flying yeah. on the highway. <laughs> I mean, not to mention one of the you know most historic you know ballparks in the in the game right, right now. So that's his first full series comes up. You know, it plays pretty well. But you know, going off what you were saying, um, that's been so far probably his, his uh, you know biggest flaw um, at the plate is definitely his. Um, you know, his tendency to strike out, um, looking at it right now, looks like he has 27 strikeouts and, and like we mentioned, 84 at-bats, which, you know, comes out to, you know, just about a third of that bats. But, you know, he's still a very young hitter, of course, and it's a, it's a whole different, you know, ball game at, at the major league level compared to the minor leagues. You know, these pitchers have been doing this for years. They have, they know how to put people away, you know, on two strikes, you know they're really tough compared to minor leagues that may not have established their you know their out pitch. So you know definitely uh, for me not super concerned about him yet in, in in that respect because you know he still has those power numbers and you know he's getting on base and he's hitting the ball. So right now you know you, I don't know if he could ask for much better 
you know, a much better start to his major league career at this point. No, and that's the thing is he's still young. I mean, still very young. Yeah. Like you said, he he got drafted. And it's like he, two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, he got drafted in 2015, and now here, middle of 2007, the middle of the summer of 2017, he's, you know, getting every day at bats in the yeah. pros. So, I mean, he's got a lot of time on his hands. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's still a rookie. I mean, he's yeah. still making, you know, he's still fresh. I mean, so you still got you have to wonder – if he's still maybe facing some of those jitters or whatnot. But, you know, I agree. I don't think that it's going to be something that plagues him uh, long-term. I think it's just a matter of shaking off those jitters and really, you know, finding just, you know, finding an everyday routine and everyday groove. Just part of those rookie growing pains that I'm sure will subside as he, you know, gets more games under his belt. I think it's crucial that he's getting everyday at-bats already and not just kind of getting spotty pinch hit appearances. I think these are really going to help him, if not this year, uh, moving along in his career. This is, you know, very valuable experience for him, you know, just learning the, the caveats of playing every day. He's seeing many different pitchers and, and you know, pitch styles. So, you know, I, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, a better start to his career in terms of playing time and just the way he's producing. And, you know, Cardinals are right there in the hunt, so he might even be playing, um, you know, very first year playing in a, you know, a pennant chase would just, you know, be crazy. So, Jean, in, yeah. In a race that where the best right. team is going to be three games over 500. Yeah, the, the race <laughs> Come to 500. The race to 500. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, so the thing is us being Cubs fans and, of course, as we mentioned, John Plufka being a Cardinals fan, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to see a lot more of Paul DeYoung. I, I truly believe we'll see I, a lot more of Paul DeYoung. But moving on to the other alumni that is at the pro level is Brock Stewart. Brock Stewart made his major league debut June 29th of 2016 mm-hmm. against the Milwaukee Brewers, but was optioned back to AAA, started off the year in AAA, and was called up, which is very, very cool. I don't I don't know how, how if it gets much better than this. Got called up on Father's Day. Could you imagine? Really? Could you imagine calling your dad on Father's Day saying, hey, Dad, I just got called up to the big mm-hmm. leagues? I mean, obviously it's not – he didn't get called up to make his major league debut, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure that that call will never get old no matter how many times you get optioned down to AAA. I'm sure mm-hmm. that call never gets old, but he gets called up on Father's Day. He has one appearance this season. He's gone three innings and has three shutout innings, I should say, in a three-inning save. So, I mean, that's a good start, especially considering last year he had an ERA of, I believe, was 5.79, a 2-2 two and two record, had seven appearances and five uh, and made five starts. And so, I mean, it really seems like this season he's off to a good start, a, a, a better start, you should say. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, anytime you see an ERA floating up around the fives, you, you know, you know you have some things to work on. But, I mean, he's back up in the pros now. Yeah. So, you know, he, he like you mentioned, he just made it back to the pros, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and he... You know, went three scoreless innings. So, you know, what what better start to uh, this season? I know he kind of, you know, stumbled in his um, debut season last season. But, you know, he's still very young. So definitely things to build on and, you know, an encouraging start. Also, I did not know that he made his uh, – or he was called up on Father's Day. That's, you know, quite the fun fact. I mean, I can't even imagine that call. You know, hey, Dad, uh, happy Father's Day, you know. Hope you like that mug I sent you. And, by the way um, – I'm going to, you know, Los Angeles to play with the big league team. So, you know, that's really cool for him. And, you know, just like DeYoung, it's, you know, it's great for the program to, you know, shine some light on, you know, a little little old normal at the big stage. So, you know, it's really cool for both those guys to, to make it, you know, to the big leagues and, you know, finding some success. So, you know, that's great. Yeah, I mean, and then when you just look at it on the face of it, you know, 
making it to the big leagues is so hard. I believe as we were just looking at it before we came on, you know, there's ten there's ten alumni playing in professional baseball, whether it be at the major league ranks or affiliated ranks, and Stort and DeYoung are the only two that, at this moment on on June 27th, uh, they're the only ones at the major league level. They do have, you know, a couple that are knocking on the door in AAA. Um, but then you go all the way down to Gene Ramirez, who just graduated mm-hmm. uh, two years ago, and he's playing out and with the Hudson Valley Renegades of the Tampa Bay Rays system, which is single-A ball. So, I mean, you've got the Redbirds out there. You've got them representing this Redbird baseball program well. And I think that's the one thing that this 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 program here at Illinois State needs is you know some good representatives because yeah. we've seen – We've seen some bad baseball, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and and I think that's what uh, they need people to go out there and and you know kind of shine mm-hmm. a light on. Hey, you know what? They may not have the greatest record, but their coaching staff, you know, their trainers, everything that they're doing, they're doing it the right. They're doing it the right way, and they're getting the people who really want to work hard and really have the talent and ability to make it to the next level. Mm-hmm. They're going to make it to the next level because of who they have inside the building, despite the record. Right. Yeah, it's well said, you know. And so. so and so I guess the last the last topic of discussion here today is Redbird Hoops and no transfers this time, mm. no nothing nothing bad news and, and that's a good thing. It's always gonna be a good thing, but Dan Muller was able to help out with Team USA. He worked with the the U nineteen team and he was a court coach, but anytime you could get your coach, you, you know, especially if you're Illinois State, if you, anytime you get your coach to go out there and work with the nation's top talent at Team USA, I mean, the guys that are there, John Calipari, Coach K, mm-hmm. and now Dan Muller is in the mix. I mean, anytime you could get that, also, now you get that name recognition. You know, now you're getting those those big, you know, opportunities, like, to go out and help Team yeah. USA out. Maybe, I mean, that's you know, a... snag a spot on the staff in the future or something Yeah, that's, like that. a, that's a huge opportunity. But the thing is, is... Think about the exposure now that Illinois State's getting, mm-hmm. and you know that also just opens up another recruiting door for Dan Weller. Hey, I worked with Team USA, or if he's there, you know you're not gonna you know you're not gonna recruit anybody right. that's 19. Yeah, but you know if you're you know Team USA does you know have younger age groups, exactly that's a new recruiting tool for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, all this does is give us good mojo for this program. Yeah, well, there's a, a story, a, a more in-depth story on Mueller's experience coming tomorrow online uh, by Nick Landy, one of our sports reporters. Definitely a must-read. Um, sounds like it was just a you know great experience for uh, Mr. Mueller. He flew out to Colorado, and you know, like you said, he got to work with you know some of the you know college basketball's biggest names. I mean, Calipari, Coach K. I mean, those are the two that just you know. When you think of college basketball, that's who comes to mind. So just for him to have a chance to, you know, talk to these guys and, you know, just talk basketball, you know, I, I definitely think he, you know, learned something from those guys and, um, you know, just got to see the different talent that's out there. And, you know, like you said, just, you know, put ISU on the map and, um, you know, all the while learning. I mean, that's the one thing he said in, in, in the story is that, you know, he was doing some evaluating uh, of the of the prospects or of the you know the the try out people, but you know he said he was learning uh, for the most part. So that was definitely something that I thought was cool. That you know he's usually in a role where he's you know he's teaching these guys and you know trying to advise these guys. But you know he found himself in a, in a spot where he thought 
maybe he was you know getting a lot out of it more than you know just throwing his hat in the ring out there so you know that was a really cool experience for him and i know in the future if anything like that pops up you know he said without hesitation that you know he's all over it so yeah really cool for you know him and the program the one thing i will say that may end up being a bad thing as far as redbird hoops goes is dan muller is getting a lot more national recognition yeah. now I want to uh, go down that road. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the one thing that I will say. And you know what? Deservedly so. I know we've talked about it on the Redbird Report quite often is just the man has worked tires, tirelessly to get this program back and, you know, into the national limelight. I mean, he was a player here. He did it here. He got them into the tournament and, you know, won a couple Valley titles. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he wants to get them back now as a coach, as an alum, and like we said, he's worked tirelessly to get them there. They are very, very close. As you can see, they were. I mean, they're on the ball. I'd yeah. say one of the they were one of the first four or five out. You'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, so you know, and he made some waves on you know on Twitter with uh, his what are those called bitmojis? The bitmojis. <laughs> so you know, he was actually the first one. Now Snapchat has you know all the all those things, but honestly, he was the first one. So credit to him. He was the first one I ever seen um, using Bitmoji. So he kind of made some waves. I think he was, you know, appeared on the Sports Center and, you know, things like that. So, you know, there was just people, just commentators, analysis that were, you know, literally showing sympathy for the program, saying, you know, I can't believe they didn't make it. So that's huge for the program and huge for him. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, that's not something you want to think about. You know, a coach that just got you the closest to the tournament in years. You know, attracting, you know more esteemed programs in the nation but you know that's kind of what comes with the territory but yeah that uh, usa you know thing great experience for him and uh, it's you know it's awesome that he got to do that yeah, at a young age the young age that dan muller is i mean that's a wonderful opportunity great experience great exposure and good for him he's getting his name out there and getting his name recognized and now he's on a national limelight and you know we'll see what can happen but you know the redbird hoops is going to be very very exciting this year we could talk more about Redbird Hoops. We could talk about Redbird Hoops all day, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. But we could talk more about Redbird Hoops, Redbird Football, Redbird Volleyball, all of your Redbird Athletics on the next edition of the the next summer edition, I should say. Let me, let me correct myself. Yeah. The next summer edition of the Redbird Report. But for the second edition of the Redbird Report, for Nate Head, I'm Mike Mara. Thank you for tuning in. Please check out our latest online edition of the newspaper, which is going to be published tomorrow. And so please give us give it a look. We have lots of reporters doing great, great work and are working hard. And so we'd love if you give us a look tomorrow or whenever because it is online. So it ain't going anywhere. So give us a look. Give us a shout-out. Let us know what you think. And we'll talk to you next time.